Hello, hello. Hey. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I actually, I'm stretching here with this story, oh. but I think it's it's kind of funny. Okay. Like I I found it, I find it amusing. I mean, all right. I'm <laughs> I actually don't want to put that out there like right now because it kind of oh. it gets a little bit dark. But the ending <laughs> is funny. All right, all right. <laughs> Just bear with me, and it gets better. I promise. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this one. Without further ado, let's, let's get right into it. I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grimm. Okay, so this is the story of Margaret Dixon. I don't know if you know her. I do not think so. So there's actually a pub named after her in Grassmarket. Oh, okay. Which you may have seen I when think you were we, here. I think I do know it then. Yeah, you might have gone into the pub. This is It's kind of a wild story, but it's, it's a little bit famous in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And it's like part true crime and part paranormal. Mm-hmm. But see, I'm, I'm taking it from the paranormal angle. So just know that there there's a little bit, maybe a little bit of murder, maybe some death in it. Um, but I'm going to tell it as if it's a paranormal story that doesn't have the murder and the death, and it's just fun and fresh. Um, and also, I do want to let you know that like it it is a stretch. I'm I'm calling it paranormal, but like I'm reaching. I mean, it is a wild story. I I think it's. It's not normal. So <laughs> exactly, paranormal. exactly. I'm I'm reaching. It just thank you, thank yeah, you, you for justifying you. <laughs> me wanting to tell this story. <laughs> I like it. Um, I support it. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, this story does take place at. Um, it's around the 1700s, early 1700s, when she was born. I think it was 1702 exactly. Um, but you know, this is the time you live in Edinburgh. The patriarchy is in full control um women were expected to be you know like submissive dutiful chaste quote unquote know their place Mm. um you know the the whole stereotype of be in the kitchen and have the babies and care for the babies yeah so it's not the best time for women um is any time the best time (laughs) for women that's another we'll not get into that (laughs) um but Maggie Dixon was living in Musselboro at the time, um, and she was married to a fisherman. And if you don't know where Musselboro is, it's like five-ish miles away from Edinburgh. It's, it's quite close. It's like basically Edinburgh. Like, you could walk to Musselboro if you have, like, a day, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take that long. It would be like, what, two and a half hours? Like, not bad. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but she was often said to be in trouble um, in terms of not following the status quo for a woman at the time. Um, she was known to be outspoken, promiscuous, kind of bitter, like um, almost abrasive in, in some ways. Um, but basically just the opposite of like demure and like quiet and shy or whatever that the expectations were. Mm-hmm. Um, she was vibing. I vibe with her. I think she she 
like she was there you know i i respect it i respect the hustle yeah um but it's so it said that so there are actually a few versions of this story and I'll, i'll tell two of them like from two different points of view but um it said that while her husband was at sea he was a fisherman he would go out on these like long expeditions um and she would sell some fish um sell some salt because i think it was like a a sea village you know so you'd get the salt and you'd sell the salt um Mm -hmm. which is this the story also takes place at the time that people were doing that around the area where burke and hare were killing and burke and hare were like those people who are selling the salt would be good victims so um anyway i'm glad that she wasn't one yeah that would have gotten more dark um but that's what she was kind of doing um but she would also sleep with men for pleasure for money for whatever she wanted she would do what she wanted um and then she also did look after her two children like it's not like she fully abandoned them Mm -hmm. um she had two kids with her husband she'd take care of the kids she'd sell some fish and then she'd sleep with some men like Mm -hmm. good for her yeah um in this version of the story eventually her husband left her um or honestly maybe she left him you know i feel like again it's the patriarchy yeah maybe the story was written with him in mind to spare his feelings who's to say exactly so they left each other Mm -hmm. um and she ended up leaving musselburgh and headed to newcastle to stay with some relatives and then in the other version of the story the details are a bit more clear i guess so in this version of the story it's not like he left her or she left him it was that he was a fisherman so he went to sea and he left her alone with the two children basically to starve um because again patriarchy he's making all the money and if he goes off to sea and then they run out of money like what are they supposed to do Mm -hmm. so in this version you know she has literally no option but to use her body her looks her charm to survive um then um a few months later after they have separated during the winter of 1723 a fisherman ended up finding the body of a naked baby boy along the river and naturally people started looking for what happened to the baby and in this town a stranger has arrived at a local tavern and according to the rumors, she was a woman who was recently estranged from her husband. And on top of that, it was rumored that she was having a passionate affair with the innkeeper's son, son, William Bell, and that William Bell was the father of the child. And this woman, of course, was Margaret Dixon. So in this version of the story, people just immediately blamed her. They said, you know, you've come into our town on your way to Newcastle from Musselboro, and immediately you've gone and killed a child. And that was kind of the narrative that they painted of her as this evil woman mm-hmm. who just came to sleep around with men, have children, and then kill them. Um, but I do actually like the other version of the story a bit more because it it paints her as more of a dynamic character, and I actually feel like this is what happened. Um, but in this version of the story, again, her husband was at sea, maybe joined the Navy, maybe went off to sea. Um, so she decided to give her two kids to a friend and decides to go to Newcastle because she doesn't have a husband anymore. He just left. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this story, she's described as having an adventurous spirit, a desire for freedom, and she kind of discovers that on her journey. 
And during her travels, it's getting colder. She's not like, it's like not like she can take the train or anything. Um, and she ends up almost freezing to death, but ends up at this town by the Scottish borders called Kelso on her way to Newcastle. And the owner of this tavern really liked her and offers her job basically. Like says, come work in this tavern and, and we'll give you a place to live, food to eat, etc. And she's really loving working at this tavern. She was thriving, basically. Like, I think this was the place for her to be. And she ends up falling for the innkeeper's son, William Bell. And he was described as being tall and very attractive. So, you know, get it, girl. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, I support it. <laughs> but I think because she was still technically married, like, it didn't matter that her husband wasn't in the picture anymore, that he had, like, gone off to sea. Um, she was technically married. So for all intents and purposes, like, she was off limits. Okay. Um, to him. Which makes me think that he is a good man. Mm-hmm. And I kind of ship it. Um, I also hate the fact that I just said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is. (laughs) Anyway, she was technically married for all intents and purposes, but they end up having one night together. And I feel like this is turning into more of a romance novel than anything else. But you know what? I like to switch it up sometimes. Grim doesn't have to be all scary. It can be a romance sometimes. Exactly. Um, And also, I would read this. If this was, if this was, I would read it if this was a novel. Um, (laughs) But... He, I think he feels as though what they've done is wrong because, again, she's technically married. So he says, like, you know what, we can't be together. Um, and he leaves her, but she finds herself pregnant with William Bell's child. Mm. And he said that, you know what, she's married. Like, they can't be together. So um, she decides to conceal the pregnancy. And I th- honestly think that she did it more for his sake because, mm. like... What's the point in her concealing it for her sake? You know, mm-hmm. she could come out and be like, "Well, we're together," but um, I feel like she she didn't do that for him. I mean, still out of wedlock though. That's yeah. true. That, that is true. A little frowned upon. Yeah. Um, maybe she could have just not told people that she was married. That's true. <laughs> I guess the rumors do spread. I don't know, but um, <laughs> she ends up delivering this secret child prematurely. And again, whether or not this is from like just the stress of having to conceal this pregnancy and worry, being worried about the consequences, or if she somehow found a way to make it happen on purpose, she did end up delivering a premature baby. Um, and this was, again, like mid to late 1700s. Mm-hmm. So it's hard enough to deliver a preemie baby now. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you have a premature baby, you like the immediately like in the NICU, yeah. like with all the the tubes and the wires and the oxygen and the heart monitors, like you don't have that in seventeen twenty. Mm. Like that's just not gonna happen. So either way, this baby, this premature baby, um, dies in a few days, and again, like it's unsure if she killed the child or if she just had a premature baby who's not going to survive um but the baby does die and she's heartbroken and then she decides that like there's nothing else for her to do she has to get rid of the baby somehow it's illegal to have 
a dead child mm-hmm. like people are gonna think it's murder um so she decides to throw the baby in the river tweed and i think honestly as well it's probably to avoid implicating william bell in this whole thing mm-hmm. um because they had a baby together out of wedlock um and so when she's going to throw this baby in a river she ends up losing her nerve and placing it at the water's edge instead because she's not a monster mm-hmm. like she had a child and her child died and that's heartbreaking yeah. And that must have been so hard for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is when the fisherman discovered the body. And then we go back to the beginning of this whole thing where I told you that she was promptly arrested. And she was taken to Edinburgh to await further trial. And again, it was only trial because, like, fi- like just no matter the reason, the concealment of a pregnancy and the concealment of a birth were capital crimes um so that's like for things like infant side but then it also included like miscarriage or again if the baby just died like in her case like all death of children was a crime yeah and i don't know what they were doing in the 1700s because i'm pretty sure the survival rate was like 50 percent yeah um medicine was not very good back then i mean it was also probably a way to like selectively enforce the law to just you know yeah be able to imprison or kill the one you deemed immoral (laughs) yep Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly um fuck the patriarchy (laughs) yeah yeah um but because it doesn't matter about the reason it doesn't matter that she could have said like i had this child the child was alive and then it died because it's a premature birth um she was found guilty and she was sentenced to death. And this is a small town, you know, Edinburgh, 17th century. The news spread because there was literally nothing else for people to do but gossip. Um, and so she kind of made waves in Edinburgh. Um, there was a ton of speculation among the people of the town. Like, while she was in jail, there was speculation about whether or not she killed her child. And to be clear, the jail conditions aren't the best. Like. Prison was basically, you were chained to a rail with people who were either dying or already dead. Like, God, it was not good. Yeah. And then people were asking, you know, like, is she going to take this secret to her grave? Like, is she going to confess before she's executed? Like, I could not imagine being her. No. At this point in time. Um, but she ended up being hanged by executioner after this big trial and was pronounced dead by the attending doctor. And after she was pronounced dead, her body was cut down and put in a coffin. And also, to be clear, this was 17th century Edinburgh. We were talking about brick and hair. Um, As you can imagine, there was a lot of, like, struggle over who got this body. Like, bodies were a hot commodity at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, Medical students wanted cadavers. Like, people were trying to sell cadavers to these medical institutions. It was a whole thing. Body snatchers were, like, a big career almost at the time. Mm-hmm. But her family wanted a burial, and her family won. So that's why she was put into a coffin, which, thank God for that, because I could not imagine what would happen if she was given to the medical students. Yeah. Um, and this is where we venture into the paranormal, or what <laughs> I am grasping at straws is the paranormal. <laughs> um, she was given a funeral 
and the funeral party in charge of the corpse decided to stop at this tavern for refreshments and they left the coffin outside and then this is where like there's a little bit of I feel like this whole story is speculation but this part especially like the version that I read was that there were two passing travelers that heard noises coming from inside the coffin and so they were like guys something is happening with your coffin outside so the funeral party come back outside and take the lid off of the coffin and what did they see but Maggie Dixon alive and well yeah I really think that's crazy Jesus basically (laughs) Um, but she was taken back to Musselboro she recovered in full health she was reunited with her husband he forgave her and married her for the second time they have another son called James Spence 10 months after her trial like she (laughs) really came back from the dead Yeah. and she said I'm making this world my bitch now (laughs) (laughs) and I support that 100% yeah um so you know what she lives on to this day it's a very infamous story like I said earlier there's a pub in grass market that's named after her and she ended up living for a good like 20 30 more years I think it was the 1750s or 1760s that she ended up dying but she lived a long life wow and good for her yeah um, there are, I did read, I didn't include this in my notes, but there are a bunch of versions of the story where, like, she kind of befriended the executioner and he, like, loosened the noose a little bit. Oh. Um, but I actually refuse to believe that. I think she died and then the universe was like, you actually didn't do anything wrong and then brought her back to life. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is my little mostly true crime tiny sprinkle of paranormal story that I'm making into a paranormal story to fit the bounds <laughs> of what I decided was going to happen every week. Nice. Um, but you are so very welcome for that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, do you have any questions, comments, concerns? Love for Maggie? Yeah, no, I do, re- I do remember hearing um, a story on one of my walking tours of the city. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, we like still think it's wild that there's just like the little like brick inlay of where the gallows basically used to be yeah on grass like, right, yeah and grass market it's, grass market is actually insane for like a whole bunch of reasons but like the entirety of grass market was like death criminals death yeah and now there's pubs that just like yeah like, the one that sticks in my brain is the last drop because uh-huh. the double meaning you know <laughs> yep <laughs> Yeah, it's a little yeah. morbid, but yeah, that's it's where just, I first heard the story. Is yeah, yeah. Standing on and it's like next it's like the the place for tourists now. I feel like yeah, like you got the cat cafe down the street. You have the really fancy, like not fancy, but like really popular ice cream place. Oh yeah, like you can walk up the stairs to the castle. Mm-hmm. There's like the market on the Saturday. It, honestly, it was my favorite place in Edinburgh. Yeah, it's, think, so. it's an amazing <laughs> place. But like, I just think it's but, so yeah. funny that like you can stand there and get paella. Mm-hmm like two feet away from yeah. where the gallows were yeah it's really wild <laughs> what is happening this town is crazy <laughs> um but yes i agree grass market is one of the best places in Edinburgh. it's so fun yeah. it's very cute yeah <laughs> now now it is <laughs> now i would not like to be there in 1723 Definitely but not. i'd like to be there now mm-hmm. now, I, now i good. would certainly like to be there now <laughs> I think you should just come back. 
I think I should too. I support it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But alas. <laughs> alas. Well, yeah. Beth. Thank you for that story. You're so very welcome. It was so fun to... I, I love the, like... Not like lore, but kind of mm. lore, you know? Like, you're in the city yeah. and you're like, these are the whack-ass little stories yeah. that you're going to hear. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. On that very happy note, would you like to change the subject? I feel like that one is an easy one to go into. Like, it's not too heavy to change the subject. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, I don't know. I'm just swamped with uh, work at the moment because I had two books for a class that, like... We're supposed. I bought them like two weeks ago, and they just came in now. And I have to do five chapters of reading in each book for tomorrow, so I have oh like two hundred pages of reading to do. What the fuck? <laughs> so that's been really fun and exciting for me today. They just horrible. came in today. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So we'll see if I actually get it all done, or if I just give up. <laughs> I say give up. Like right Honestly, now, the I vibe might. is give up. And like it's for one of my criminology classes but it seems to be mostly history so far <laughs> Ew. So that's like that's like me trying to do paranormal stories and I'm like here's 80% history <laughs> except yeah, I feel like my history is fun so history because well. you don't have to take notes on it yeah your history is fun <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you I did lure you into saying that and I wouldn't have expected anything less but I appreciate you falling right into my trap <laughs> anytime anytime <laughs> But yeah, I'm just going to struggle my way through that reading and think of me. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You will be in my thoughts and prayers. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I will pray to Maggie Dixon for you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My Lord and Savior. (laughs) But yeah, do you have any life updates to share? Um, I recently made the mistake of getting friendship bracelet thread and I have entered back into my friendship bracelet era. I love that. I also am very much enjoying myself, but the only problem is, like, will I get any work done? I'm behind on all of my lectures, and I just want to sit here, and I want to make my little knots, and that's well, it. you can, like, <laughs> listen to them as you make your little knots, you know? <laughs> what about the notes, Maddie? i got to yeah, take notes. notes on my lectures. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, you know what? Fair enough. Hey, as long as you're listening to them while you don't take notes is better than to not listen to wow I can't speak English is better than not <laughs> listening to them at all you're so right you are yeah. so very right I'm actually yeah. I I'm taking that logic yeah I, I think yeah. anything <laughs> worth doing is worth doing half-assed so. <laughs> you're so right you are so very right thank you <laughs> um, I might try doing that tonight then you should you should <laughs> Well, actually, you shouldn't. It's like midnight there, isn't it? Yep. You should go to bed. Yep. (laughs) You live and you learn. Sometimes you make mistakes. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's that's all that I have in terms of life updates. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? I do not. All right. Do you want to spiel us out? Yeah. So you can find us on Instagram. Um, We are Grim Podcast. Um, You can like our photos. Well, it's at Grim Podcast. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, you can find us on Instagram (laughs) at Grim Podcast. (laughs) You can like our photos. You can DM us. You can follow us. And from our profile, there's a button to email us. Um, You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us thoughts on stories we have covered, stories you want us to cover, or life updates of your own. We also have a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim, and a Facebook, which is Grim Podcast. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us.
yeah and we will see you guys next week for something yeah something will happen (laughs) (laughs) but until then stay safe out there you guys yeah bye bye Thank you.